following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Just going to warn everybody now, if you're listening live, you're going to listen to the podcast later, an hour or two, it might be the catchiest number one song of the day we'll ever have. Earworm, earworm, earworm. Yeah. Troy, DG, and I were listening to it before the show started, and it's going to be hard not to belt out <laughs> sundown. <laughs> Our the whole show. significant others are just, we're going to come home. And they don't even know it's coming. You know what I mean? Like, they have, they don't have any idea. I'll be singing it in my sleep. Oh, no doubt. Which, if you don't know what song we're already talking about, you're going to be educated coming up <laughs> at about 525. Uh, we do have Manhattan High basketball coming up tonight, hosting Highland Park. And that's going to be pregame starting at about uh, 545-ish. And um, it'll be right here on News Radio KMAN. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, and David G, along with Sage Williams, who is across the glass. And guys, we kick it off with the Cats because they Ooh. are the comeback Cats Ooh. once again as they take down West Virginia at home, 78-73. to The Wildcats are now 14-11, 6-7 in Big 12 play. And also, they have won four of the last five. The Ole Miss loss was a wake-up call for the Cats. And guys, you know what? When the Cats are doing well... When they pick up big wins, I think we got to do it. We got to bring it back. Sage, roll it. Let's play it again. I need it one more time. Here we go. We can officially start the show now. Mitch Fortner, yes. Troy Coverdale, David Ooh. G, Sage Williams. Cats are, uh, you know what? I think they're kind of proving a lot of us wrong right now. Yeah. Uh, they're winning ball games. They're winning in comeback fashion. I think they figured out the right formula. I want to first start just about the comeback portion of this. Because it's back-to-back games where K-State starts to play a little bit more aggressively defensively. And they forced their opponent to go on a long drought. Last night's drought was a run for K-State of 18-2. to That was over eight minutes. And that's how they, they found a way to come back after being down. It felt like two to three possessions almost the whole first half as felt like West Virginia was hitting every open shot they got. Meanwhile, K-State, the only shots they were getting to go was three-pointers. <laughs> 
there for a while. In case they did not have too many two-point field goals in that first half, but they were also getting to the free throw quite a bit. So free throws and three-pointers, and then things started to somewhat gel together in a balanced performance in the second half. A much better performance in the second half, but you're absolutely right. It felt like that every time that K-State would put together a little bit of a move to get to within four, West Virginia would then push it back out to nine. It just felt that way constantly through the first half, that every move that K-State made, it was answered by West Virginia. The second half didn't play out that way at all. No, they missed so many shots. I mean, they like that second half, they'll probably never watch the film on that one. 18 to 2. An 18 to 2 run. I don't know if I've ever seen an 18 to 2 run quite like that where it's like almost no layups. All threes all all day long. Cats continue like you said Mitch to prove people wrong. They keep coming back. It's just like can they do this consistently and why do this consistently why not just put together a whole ball game cats so i'm going to be keeping track of this for the rest of the season some of k-state's best wins some of their biggest wins have been in some sort of a comeback fashion of at least eight or more points and now they've done it six times this season where they were down eight points at one point or more and came back for those wins were by double digit comebacks for instance wichita state they were down 12 in the first half, Cats win that by six. The Nebraska game, K-State down early by ten, and the Cats won by nine. Texas Tech at home, Texas Tech leading late in the first half by eight. The Cats win by 11. The Texas road game, the Cats were down nine, and they win by one. The Iowa State game this past weekend, down 15 in the second half, Crazy. and they win by six. And then this West Virginia game, the Mountaineers were up 10 early in the second, and the Cats win by five. Crazy. Incredible how it's almost better. Just get down early. <laughs> Dig yourself a hole. It, that's the formula. Here it is. I'm going to lay it out for you. There's three steps to a K-State victory. I don't think sports can get more simple <laughs> than this. The formula to winning if you're K-State basketball. Score 70 points. Mm-hmm. Um, balance scoring, four guys in double figures. And be trailing by three or four possessions going into the second half. Sleepwalk through much of the first half, throw the light switch sometime in the second. That's what it comes off feeling like. Yeah. I, you know, to fall behind 13 nothing at Iowa State the other day, I, it just basically took me out of it right away personally and you know then you come back and find out later wait we've got us a game yeah and you know it, how many times can that continue with this team before it comes up and bites them in the backside if it takes that to win games do it i i can maybe get used to it it, it certainly makes for an exciting ball game doesn't it the crowd's more into it which i i, th- I think we could talk on that subject a little later on in this first hour But, first of all, defensively, I want to give a shout-out to Ish Masood. Um, He has had to grow to become the five. Davion Bradford can't finish at the bucket. Casey Ziegu has not even seen the floor in the last couple of games. And and Carlton Lingard, you know, he's he's getting a few minutes here and there. Um, I I wouldn't say he's doing anything, like, great, but he's also not, like, killing the team. So. 
there's really not a whole lot to say right now on Carlton Lingard. So Ish Masood, he becomes the five, and so you have pretty much a pretty much as small as you can get other than putting five guards out there. You're as small as you get with the five, who is usually a four, a stretch four. He feels like he's a guard. He said that in postgame last night. Ish, I thought, play, played one of his best defensive games because he had to be physical. Ish Masood is not a physical guy. And he was physical enough to get some stops in the second mm-hmm. half in the paint. Like, he had to try to shut some guys down without fouling, which was hard to do. But also scoring. And Ish was not his best from the field. He was 2 of 8. But by God, was he getting that free throw line. One of the things that also stood out to me in the midst of that run the biggest change, besides just how the defense locked down, they weren't giving up offensive rebounds. At one point, there were 10. You want to get that? Uh, no. <laughs> At it one, looked important. Yeah. At one point, there were 10 offensive rebounds already registered by West Virginia. And throughout the course of that run, they picked up a total of two more. Two. Wow. That's how good K-State got at picking up their defense and making sure that they had guys underneath able to clear out rebounds instead of giving West Virginia opportunities at second-chance points. Dang, I didn't know that. Wow. Ish for the first time since the Green Bay-Nebraska back-to-back games, which was in the middle of December, is he going back-to-back games in double figures. 11 against Iowa State, 13 against West Virginia. Ish hadn't missed a free throw all season long until this game last night. He was 20-for-20 heading into the game against the Mountaineers. But the thing is, he hadn't shot a free throw in seven consecutive games. Wow. I mean, and that goes back to being physical. He was drawing fouls because he was being physical. He was going after rebounds, trying to get another putback dunk like he had that freak of a dunk against Iowa State. Inish finishes with 13 points. Eight of that was from the free throw line. He was 8 of 10. There was also the fact that you just couldn't keep John Higgins and crew from blowing a dang whistle. Jeez. I thought that's, this is the longest game. <laughs> We're going to end when KU-Oklahoma State ended. It, the game took two hours, 22 minutes. Crazy. Yeah. It was crazy how long that game went. Um, is there a chance that a one single dunk changed a season for a young man like Ishmael dunk against Iowa State is about to change his life? I've seen a different guy. Last night, totally different guy. And if he can get if he can continue this uh playing style, he brings so much to the table for K-State. And you can tell his teammates they know that he's this close from being an impact guy every time, every game. He's so close. And I'll add to that with this with his newfound style, I suppose. We'll see if it continues to be a thing, and I hope it is. I mean, he, you yeah. might now be seeing him start at the, at the five in games instead of Davion Bradford. Mm-hmm. But um, with that physicality, maybe he'll now be able to take on. You might see guards actually throwing down there a little bit more mm. because I mentioned last week, doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of trust with the five position and wanting to get the ball down there, they might trust Ish a little bit more to be physical, mobile, make the right move. It, you saw it some last night even, as tentative as they could be at times in trying to get the ball underneath and, and wind up overthrowing, underthrowing, have it bobbled. I think it was Bradford who had one literally perfect to the lead hand, but it was just too low for him. 
he didn't reach far enough and would have put him off balance anyway and kind of waste the situation. Easy turnover, back the other way it goes. It, it's frustrating because there there's just no connection there right now. You guys mentioned the fouls. Certainly a physical game. 44 personal fouls were called in the game. 60 free throws? Uh, I haven't Roughly. actually done the math yet. 39. There were... K-State was 31 of 39. So 63 free throws Thank you. last ah! night. K-State was 31, you're right, 31 of 39, but 44 combined personal fouls. And K-State, yeah, I, w- I would say did a little bit better job of taking advantage of the way the game was being whistled. And I, I'll, get, I'll share one moment I did notice last night, and that was, I think it was the under 12 when West Virginia had six fouls and K-State had, I think, three. Yeah. Um, I, I I could read some lips, and I noticed the officials were talking about the fouls are lopsided. And I could tell from right then and there, the game was going to change a little bit different. And what did you see right out of that mm-hmm. timeout? Bang, Two bang, bang. Mm-hmm. ticky-tack fouls yep. that drive you nuts. K-State was getting just thrown off a little bit because they're like, I, I barely did anything, and you're going to call me for that? But just before that took place, you also know who had a conversation. Oh, Huggy. Yeah, he was upset. Huggins and Higgins had a conversation. because And Higgins got an earful down there in Huggins' way. I will say, though, at the end of the game, John Higgins wasn't having anything from Bob Huggins. He wasn't... There were a couple of plays where I, uh, West Virginia turned over the basketball, mm-hmm. where one guy fell on the floor. He goes rolling out of bounds. Huggins wanted to foul. And oh yeah, Higgins was like, "No, yeah. what are you talking that about?" That play in no. particular, that was it was nice to see him stick up for himself a little bit against this guy. Well, and and I'm going to just point this out because I know that fans are going to look at this and say, "Well, it was one sided. It was no, it was not one sided. It was a bad officiated ball game. It was both ways." Both ways. Neither bench was happy. Neither fan base should be happy about it. And John Higgins and that crew should be embarrassed by their effort. Why John Higgins was officiating that ball game last night after being in Boise the day before. Oh, really? Wow. wow. Makes no sense. He had that Colorado, is, he had Colorado State Boise. This is where officiating hacks me off. They have oh, gotten go. so ingrained in their minds that they're out to make their money. They're out to make their money that the travel aspect of it doesn't play a factor in their minds. It's why you see TV Teddy Valentine do an ACC game one night and be in the Big Ten the next. And it frustrates me because it takes away from the caliber of play way too often and it hurts the way that the games are officiated, and it hurts, let's face it, it hurts the respect that the officials should have. I noticed the other day there was a crew, and the other day, like two or three weeks ago, there, there, there was a crew that was in Austin, and then the very next day, uh, two of the three guys was in Cameron Indoor. Wow. Right. I yeah. was like, how how do you do that? Like, you're just getting on a plane right after the game or that morning, and you're heading yeah, out there? Essentially, yes. Who organizes that? Is <laughs> it the official that has to organize that? Because that's two different conferences. Well, and, and that's where you've got some of the consortiums working together in terms of their officiating and, you know, be able to balance it out. But as much as anything, yeah, it's the conference coming to them and saying, okay, do you want this game, this game, this game? And they know who's paying what, and they know... You know, which games are going to be the ones that wind up on TV or work out best for them to make the next one. 
they they know how this plays. I I like John Higgins, though. I think he's a fine official. He's probably one of the best the Big 12 has to offer, to be quite honest with don't, you. Don't tell it to Kentucky fans. But he, he Well, yeah, that, that is the old joke from, <laughs> yes, the Final Four. I, I, have, yeah. I know a few. I know a few. So. Oh, yeah, his, uh, his business, his roofing company's from Omaha, and his, uh, his roofing company got, like, a lot of uh, hate mail, hate uh, reviews. Yelp reviews. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We actually ended up, we, we have interviewed John Higgins on this show a couple of times, and he's been amazing. He, 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 he'll tell it like it is. He, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Uh, you know, and I've interacted with him away from the game and, and had conversations, ironically, in hotel lobbies before. He's a good guy. But doggone it, you don't. It just frustrates me that they don't take seriously enough their own rest to help out the game. Who who was it that got? Uh, it was a no call in the travel, which was the most insane no call I think I've seen oh, in quite God. some time. <laughs> yes. Was it Isaiah Cottrell? Was it Tash Sherman? I can't I remember think, who it I was. I think it was Cottrell. Oh, that was brutal. I can't believe that. That was insane. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was a it was well beyond a Eurostep. It was a Eurostep plus one. It was a it was a spy. Yeah, yeah. Oh step. my oh no. Ugh. Don't bring that up. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, my top ten list for the week. Up next, the game. I think we can all agree the Super Bowl halftime show from Sunday was the best of all time, right? We all uh, agree? Sage, uh, we no, all agree? Well, no, I don't know. Now, I was going to say Troy. <laughs> Troy, Troy you going to say Prince every day. Right yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, come that, on, that would be, he sang that would be Miami in the rain right in there the on rain. my phone. <laughs> purple rain in purple rain. I mean, come on. That, that I will say that halftime show had the best stage. Yeah, yeah. The actual logo for Prince. Yes. Cool. It was cool. It was cool. I will say, though, the Sunday performance, Snoop, Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, 50 Cent. Oh. Uh, it kicked. It, it really did. Yeah, it was uh, It was amazing. I thought it was fantastic. Man. Fantastic show. However, that's not where we're going with this top 10 list. Okay. Are we going top 10 Snow songs other than down. You know his other. That ten? was exactly right. I'm surprised you. you can rap that fast. Thank you. Yeah, I. <laughs> I guys, I gotta tell you it's something. Just... I'm snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've been keeping that secret. I just don't want. Surprise! You don't. Uh, did you get rid of that Canadian accent? Yeah, and the 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 Jamaican Canadian accent. Yeah. I scrapped it. <laughs> the the blonde buzz. Uh huh. Yeah. I scrapped mm-hmm. it. <laughs> uh, my top 10, I actually posted this at NewsRadioCayman.com earlier today. My top 10 Super Bowl 56 commercials. Oh, wait. I paid very close attention. I thought this Super Bowl of commercials was the best crop I think I've ever seen. And it, they were all, I thought, really creative. Oh, uh-huh. I shouldn't say all. A lot of them, like in the top 10 list I have, were uh, pretty creative. Uh, let's get this top 10 started. Number 10. Nervous? Oh, please. Brings back so many good memories. Remember our road trip in '97? <laughs> Wasn't the funniest. It was still funny. But I thought it was a good one for number 10, the Lay's Golden Memories commercials. Hey, yeah. do you remember when that stalker kidnapped us? Yes. Lay's was there. 
ways. Do you have a barbecue or a cheddar jalapeno? Ooh. But have to give a shout out to Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd. Good who stuff. are the uh, gentlemen in that commercial who I believe have not been together in a role since 40-year-old virgin? Whoa. I believe that that's right. Is that okay, so it was 40-year-old virgin before oh, I'm sorry. knocked up. Knocked up. Knocked, knocked up. up was the last. I'm yeah. I totally forgot about that one. But since knocked up, which that is been, that just came shortly after yeah. 40-year-old virgin. It wasn't that long Both after. Both movies fantastic. You know, he's like, yeah, don't just don't ask me for any money, okay? <laughs> well, that's great. Number nine. You Bud Light Seltzer hard soda. Classic cola. So we'll have to wait here a little bit, but this commercial, the land of loud flavors, had to feature only one guy, right? Guy Fieri. It's awesome. The mayor of Flavortown cameos in this Bud Light Seltzer commercial. It's not there yet. He comes in. Yeah. But he was like a second half of the commercial. I was like, oh my God, that's genius. Uh-huh. Did you notice that uh, on Instagram that the queen of domestication, Martha Stewart, had a photo of her in a luxury suite, but she's sitting on the ledge. It's a selfie because down the level is Guy Fieri. Here's here he is right here. There it is. Like I was that. like, flavor. Fl- I was like, I popped. Yeah. I was like, Bud Light, your first commercial was crap. This one was way yeah, better. Yeah, the first one sucked. This That stuff, though, the hard seltzer pop flavors, smack if you haven't had one. They are real good. Number eight. Number eight, I don't have the audio because there really isn't much to play, but it was the Michelob Ultra Welcome to Superior Bowl <laughs> that featured Steve Buscemi, Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka. Jimmy Butler, who was, if you notice, his name is Jimmy Pins. Uh, Peyton Manning is the sheriff. Alex Morgan, Captain Clutch. And then uh, Neka Ogumike. Uh, I think it's how you say She plays in the WNBA. Yes. She's an amazing basketball player. Well, she, she was she's also- the girl from Notre Dame that had the two shots in a row where it was like last second shots. No, okay. that's not her. I believe she, I think she played at South Carolina. Ah, right. okay, okay. But uh, yeah, it was just by, the by great the way, cast. Photo or it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's a crew right there. Now, <laughs> when they had Steve Buscemi in there, though, I was like, all right, where's Jeff Bridges? Where's John Goodman? Are we getting a big Lebowski reunion? Oh, man, you think we did not? You think they? I mean, it that is Michelob, been better, though. It's Michelob, and that's Anheuser Busch, I believe. I believe that's Anheuser Busch. Um, the, you know they got the cash. They couldn't pony up the cash to get those guys. Come on. But I will say, along with our number one song of the day, ELO Showdown. What a jam, dude. That song kicks so much A. Um, I went and I had to play it again, like after that commercial. So good. Oh. All right, where are we at? Number seven? Number seven. Um we did get a reunion of sorts in a in a T Mobile commercial. <laughs> I'm defeated. Feel mistreated. I'm so angry I'm singing a song. Cause I'm paying so much for home internet and that's just wrong. I've got T Mobile Home 
internet. I feel happy. Great. Very happy. Good for you. Look how much money I'm saving right now. Anybody know what show we're talking about here? Good for you. Scrubs. Awesome. I saw that. JD and, I was and Turk. Good. That was good. That was good. Yep. A Scrubs reunion for T-Mobile. Well done, T-Mobile. Um, let's go to number six. Number six. Wait. If it was delivered with Uber Eats, <laughs> does that mean I can eat it? So this is hysterical. Oh. So Uber Eats now will just deliver your groceries pretty much. Dude, smashed this one out of the park. And so oh, the, it's all these celebrities eating just random stuff. Oh. Like there's cat litter. Uh, Trevor Noah funny. eats a light bulb. Yes. Uh, it, it, pretty comical. It's great. I, I thought it was a great idea. Another, like, I, I'm going back to the creative part of things. That's where I'm really basing this off. This top 10 list is just how creative these people were in creating these Super Bowl commercials. I mean, this is Love the best bang for their buck when, when you have 100 million, uh, 111 million people watching your commercial. Yeah. Uh, yeah, have all these celebrities eat a bunch of crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right, well done. Well done. All right. It's a diaper. <laughs> this, now we're in the top five. Now we're really getting into what I thought was the money commercials. Number five. <laughs> no thanks. I don't need cable. I have Verizon 5G internet. Never heard of it. 5G ultra wideband? It's way better. Jim Carrey. So somehow. Back in his role <laughs> as the cable guy. Yes. Verizon, well done. Shame on YouTube TV, Hulu, Netflix, anybody else who has been cutting the cable. How do you let Verizon get there first and recreate the cable guy? No doubt. And that little box is cool, too. I got one in my shop, too. Runs my business. This may be illegal. I'm going to need to know who installed this. Me. It's plug and play. Got the list. But you can have Verizon install it. Sorry, Steven. Now, no Matthew Broderick. Right. Reception's good. I saw that at the end of the halftime. I was like, oh, my God. People were talking. I'm like, guys, please. I got to hear this commercial. Now, <laughs> number four. Number four was amazing. Oh, nice. Max, Mr. Great's coming back this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Didn't he get eaten by that lion? Not all of them. He'll still play. Maximus the Great is dead. <gasps> this is officially the worst tailgate I've ever been to. <laughs> Barbarians. <laughs> This was amazing. So this is for this is for avocados from Mexico. So they're tailgating at the Coliseum. Barbarians are on the you know Romans are at home. Barbarians are like the road team, and they're acting like Buffalo Bills fans. Somebody goes through a table. Incredible spot. And they're about to clash until they start bonding over avocados from Mexico. I just thought the visual, the whole visual of the commercial was well done. It was great. And again, another creative one that was not out of the park. That's number four. Now, number three. This one was a minute and a half. Ladies and gentlemen, our takeover of General Motors is complete. Dr. Abel, we can now use GM's Ultium platform to power our whole operation. Now we can reduce tailpipe emissions. I'm sorry, am I no longer Dr. Evil? I'm Dr. Good now? I didn't get the meme out. <laughs> Climate change is arguably the number one threat to the world now. Dr. Abel, you are now the number two threat to the world. I refuse to be number two, number two. We have to help the planet. <laughs> oh, please, cheer for my son. <laughs> Your son? I shall Wait name him 
baby me. No, his name is Kyle. So I wanted to get to that part. That's good. But it had been rumored for a while that there was going to be a some sort of reboot of Austin Powers for the Super Bowl. Turns out it's a commercial for GM who are releasing some electric vehicles. EV. And, uh, yeah, EV. And um, so they had Dr. Evil come back along with Seth Green. You know, Scotty Doot. Scotty Doot. Zip it. Zip it. And the lady of Frau, uh, the Frau lady. Yeah. She was awesome. I will say this, though. A lot of EV commercials. Mm-hmm. Wow, are they pushing EV, Well, we'll get man. to another one. Wow. We'll get to another one. But There, there was only one gas-powered vehicle commercial for the entire Super Bowl. Wow. Think about that for a moment. That's crazy. It's crazy. The only thing that they, I think they missed on GM was having actual Austin, Austin Powers, Powers because you already have Mike Myers there as Dr. Evil. At the end, you should have just had Austin Powers roll down the window Absolutely. and say one of his lines. That would have been awesome. You know? That would have been awesome. Very groovy, baby. Groovy. You know, just knock that one out, you know? <laughs> Mitch, they need to hire you to write these, man. Uh, I know. I know. <laughs> but this one didn't need any tweaking. Number two. I call it the wheel. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> this is a mess. Brother David, behold! It's a fork! I got ten forks right here, baby! <laughs> I love that. I got ten forks right here, baby! Shall have the right to vote. Even the stupid ones? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Edison, can I be honest with you? It stinks. Nobody's going to the moon ever. Why not? It's too far. It's too far. <laughs> <laughs> it's too far. It's too far. It's too far. Curb your enthusiasm meets cryptocurrency. Perfect. It's for FTX. I, all yeah, I need is I don't think so. Larry yeah. David, Larry or Larry uh, Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm. I mean, that's a home run for whatever you're going to throw at him. <laughs> yeah. Note note that he did not get paid in crypto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what real dollars? Just going that. to point that out. <laughs> but finally, number one, I think a lot of people are actually going to probably disagree. But this is my personal pick. What my, was my favorite from Super Bowl Fifty Six? Caught my attention right away. Yeah. For those that know. Iconic song, yeah. iconic intro. A gorgeous, beautiful Jamie Lynn Sigler. Oh, yes. Um, so, for those that don't know, this is the theme of The Sopranos. Hasn't been on in a long time, obviously. But this is for Chevy and their new Silverado, and it's electric. And driving it is Meadow. Who is the daughter of Tony Soprano? And then towards the end of it, she gets out of the truck, gives the same look forward as Tony would getting awesome. out of the car of the opening credits. Shot for shot. Yes. Man. And who's waiting for her is the son, AJ. AJ. And they hug. It was, I I, I mean, goosebumps. That, after I saw that, it wasn't going to be tough. Yeah, it was goosebump time. Interestingly, one joke out of that is that Meadow actually learned how to parallel park. What do you know? That is a Finally. good one. I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> My mom said that. And then I, I oh, it's funny. I looked on Twitter and it was like, everybody <laughs> making that joke. She finally learned how to parallel park. Good for her. Good for her. But that was, I read something online. She said she did feel the presence of 
James Gandolfini while she was shooting this and you know, filming the the shot for shot uh, remake of the intro to Sopranos. Fantastic. Ten out of ten. Five stars. Perfect. Great commercial. Now, one of these days, we did a segment back in the day before we had number one song called the TV theme of the day. Mm. I don't think I actually ever played the Sopranos theme. Um, I didn't watch it for the first time until like five or six years ago. I just zipped it through and I loved every second of it. That's just like my type of show. My favorite movie is Goodfellas, for God's sakes. That type of stuff is right up my alley. One of these days, it is my goal to put together my top 100 TV themes of all time. It'll become a segment, and uh, The Sopranos, no doubt about it, will probably be in the top 20. It has to be. It has to be. I mean, iconic, man. Just beautiful. When we come back, there was uh, what felt like an issue last night in Bramlage Coliseum. You're listening to the game. Mitch, Troy, David Sage, all back with you here on the game. Last night's win for K-State, 78-73, had an announced attendance of 5,401. Even though it was a pretty disappointing attendance, I will say there was a pretty decent environment inside of Bramlage Coliseum. A lot of noise, absolutely, when it was necessary. But boy, did it look barren. It was. I would say it was the worst student attendance of the uh, of certainly Big Twelve play. I'm sure you know if you, if you talk about the games over the holiday break or Thanksgiving, right. or, there probably wasn't a game Thanksgiving, but around the holidays, you will see a smaller attendance because students are out of town. That is, you, you understand. But uh, last night was a huge game because K State was getting closer to being back on the bubble. Still maybe hurting a little bit from the loss to Ole Miss. And it's turned into a wake-up call because since then they've won for the last five. The only loss is to the best or second-best team in the Big 12, and that's the Baylor Bears. Um, I, There's been complaining, obviously, from this show about the attendance before. You know, I've been an advocate trying to get everybody out there as much as you possibly can get as many people out there not just for men's basketball women's basketball i've been an advocate the last three seasons trying to promote aoka lee one of the best players in the country go out there and watch her this isn't going to happen very often when you have the best player in the country and so i you know i try to do my part right um so i i I guess i just put it out there you know six o'clock tip off it was valentine's day 5,000 and change, maybe 3,000. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they're going to be counting student or uh, not students, but season ticket holders. Um, and I know they've sold more than that in tickets. So it's just really people just not showing up. I, I just put the question out there what is keeping you from the games? Is it the distance from where you live? Is it who the head coach is? Is it the record of the team? Is it because it was at six o'clock on a Monday, the day after the Super Bowl, where you still hung over and you couldn't just you just couldn't do it? I just I want to throw it out there. Five three seven thirteen fifty. What is keeping you from Bramlage Coliseum? Is it also the pandemic? I would understand. I just want to get an idea. What what is going on? Because last night was huge, and it didn't matter. I, I'm sure actually, it, you know, the the 
the team obviously wants to have as many people as they can possibly get in there. They've, they've said before, they feed off the energy. It has led them to a couple of victories. I, I just want to get the idea. Like, put it out there. What do you have to say? What's keeping you from Bramlage Coliseum? One comment that I saw on Twitter just in reaction to a crowd shot last night was apathy. That this is a sign of apathy. And I can't say that they're wrong. Because it sure looks like it right now for all of the discussion about where we are in terms of the coach, where we are in terms of where this program should be in our minds versus where they are in development right now for as good as they've been playing of late. It's That's not even bumping the needle. Are we that apathetic at this point just because of the coaching? I find that... Hey, you tell me in 2019, in a conference-winning season, what were crowds like? Pretty solid. We're that far in two years, essentially three years. The last two seasons have been pretty bad, though. Like it, coronavirus, it, yes, COVID is one issue, but also just the overall record. The yes, you know, the full formation yeah. of the team having to reload every couple of every year. It seems like now you're having it guys in and out of the transfer portal, which. K-State's not alone there, but it's been a lot of – this team right now looks a lot different than it was two years ago. We're also in the weird spot where we're watching college athletics changing in front of our eyes in ways that, well, you know, just seem utterly strange to those of us who grew up, for example. Uh, when I was a student here, I hit every single basketball game that I can make. Every single one. Now, granted, the bulk of that time, I had a free ticket, but I also, one year in there, went through camp out. I, I went through camp out all four years, but participated in camp out. I didn't need to for three of the years, but I, you know, had my GA ticket and raced down for front row seats for KUK State, all of those things the one year. was in band the other three years, so, you know, I had my spot, but... It, you know, that to me, that's where I come from. We're at a point where kids entering college right now aren't necessarily of that same cut. TV has overtaken a lot of it. And when I was in school, rare was the national TV game. You didn't have every game televised, pretty close in conference, but still. And. Even then, there were challenges at times getting people. The south end zone and the north end zone are always the most problematic and filling. And they're noticeable. I still argue that that building wasn't necessary, <laughs> but we're 30 years beyond that. I shouldn't have to argue that. Here we are. Meanwhile, Texas is going to be, be moving into a smaller building, a 10,000-seat arena going down from 16. That I find interesting. Maybe we go there. <laughs> are, are we at a point where right-sizing needs to occur? 537-1350, let's take a call. Let's go to Bob. Bob, not sure where you're from, but what do you got to say? Oh, Manhattan. All right. You know, I, I was season ticket holder for a very long time, and I gave them back this year. I didn't renew. Actually, I gave the money to the athletic department because I got 
ticked off over mask requirements and COVID and all that is just frustrating the hell out of people. People who are contribute heavily to K State and who love absolutely love this basketball team. But there, it's more than just basketball this year. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's construction at the stadium. It's even hard to get in the parking lot. Yeah. It's the cost of going to games. It's COVID is a real issue for older people. I mean, it scares the hell out of a lot of people. So there's a lot going on now that's impacting basketball, plus, you know, the struggles of the last two years that have caused people like me to not go, and I feel bad about it. I, I really do feel bad about it because I live here in Manhattan. I'm a big booster of the program and everything like that. But I've just kind of written it off this year. So you sit your ass down, you know, in front of your 52-inch TV, and like you're you're right there. So, you know, next year I'll probably renew my season tickets. All right, Bob, well, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, yeah, and just to add to that before we we head to the you know the top of the hour break here, and that is um, if I had to guess, like the number one reason season ticket holders may not be renewing or fans not, not, might not be coming is the success as of late, which there hasn't been many many wins, and who the head coach is because people want to see a change at head coach, and now the Cats are starting to win, they're knocking on the door again in that NCAA tournament berth. And uh, now, we, now who knows yeah, what right. the story is after this season? Who knows what's going to happen? We'll kind of ride it out. But what Bob also mentioned, pandemic, yeah. I, I totally understand that part He's of it. He's got so many great points. It's like, and like you said, you go home, the pop isn't as expensive. All the drinks yeah. and stuff is not as expensive. Yeah. Also, when they the way they started out the season, you want to make a change as a booster and someone who buys season tickets, the way you do that, the way Bob does it, you stay home. But now it's you're embarrassed because they're winning, you know? And it's like, what do I do? What do I do? Well, coming up in hour two, actually, Troy's going to get out of here, get ready for some hey. Manhattan High basketball. Be nice. live for one more segment. You know, K-State's best player didn't have his best night. Whoa. And the Cats still got it done. We'll break it down next as we'll continue on with hour two of the game up next.